0: Let's spend some time in prayer. Father, you call us to pray for those who rule over us. And so today, with many churches around our nation, we pray for our president. We pray that he would know you. We pray that you would give him wisdom to lead. Father, we pray for all of our elected officials that they would know you and you would give them wisdom and that they would protect us. You call us to pray for those who rule over us so that we could lead tranquil and quiet lives so that all men could be saved. Your word says you desire all men to be saved. May we take advantage of this time in our country to share the gospel so that all the lost people in our county hear the gospel and are saved. We're here today because we need you, so meet us at our place of need. And as we open your word together today, we pray that you would forgive the one who speaks, for his sins are many, and that you would help us to see Jesus. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Do you know who Jeopardy James is? Have you seen him? I mean, he is amazing. Uh, Jeopardy James' his name is James sour and uh, he has won over 30 Jeopardies. He's won over $2 million. He's a sports better, better and, he, and he's, he's amazing. He's brilliant. But here's what really bums me out. I've watched it a few times, and they ask Bible questions, and he knows the answers, and I don't. It's kind of like, are you kidding me? I'm a pastor. You're a sports editor, but he knows them. Um, I find that discouraging. <laughs> because I've always, wanted, I've always wanted to be win, but I'm not really good at anything. And that's why I love Jesus, because Jesus said, smiling, I can make you a winner. Is that great? And, and, uh, and here's, here's what he says to me, and it's what we're going to learn today. How could Jesus make me a winner? He says, everyone wins when you serve. Jesus says, Smiley, the way you can be a winner is everyone wins when you serve. And I say, well, how, how, do, how do I do that? And he says, follow me, follow me, and I'll show you how. I'll show you how. So let me ask you, you ever want to be good at something? Have you You ever wish you could be a winner? I mean, you could be a winner. You ever wish your life could make a difference? You will love Jesus because Jesus says, I can make you a winner where you win every day of your life. And you say, how? And he says, everyone wins when you serve. And you might say, well, (laughs) um, how do I do that? And he says, follow me. Follow me, and I'll show you. So if you'd like to be a winner, if you'd like to make a difference in the world, Let's spend some time with Jesus, and he's going to show us how we can be winners, okay? Uh, If you have your Bible, turn with me to John 13, and if you don't, you can follow on the big screen. So we're going to start in verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come and that he would depart out of the world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. All right, it's the last night. It's the last night Jesus is going to spend with his disciples. Uh, Chapters 13 through 17, these five chapters all take place on that last night. Uh, How he washed their feet, how he instituted the Lord's Supper. So many of the great teachings we love at Jesus, they all happen on that last night. He wanted one more time, one more time to celebrate this special meal, the Passover, with his disciples. And then, in a few hours, he would climb on the cross... And he would become our Passover lamb who shed his blood to take away the sin of the world. Um, Notice having loved his own. The last five, these five chapters of that upper room were a lot about love. Love is a major theme. In chapters 13 to 17, love is mentioned 31 times. In five chapters, love occurs 31 times. In the previous 12 chapters, In the previous 12 chapters, guess how many times love occurs? Five times. So in the first 12 chapters of John, love occurs five times, and then in five chapters, it's there 31 times. And I love these words, don't you? Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Oh, Jesus loved his disciples. He loved them well. He loved them all the way to the end. He would wash their feet. He would die on the cross for their sins. Are you married? Wouldn't you love that was true of you? That they loved each other well and they loved each other to the end? If you'd like that to be true of you, I would encourage you, hang around Jesus, will you? Just stay around Jesus, and as he loves you, he will enable you to love in the same way. Having loved his own who are in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, uh, to betray him. Now. We meet here, the devil, we have an enemy, the devil, whose name is Satan, and notice he put something into the heart of Judas. The devil tempts, we sin. <laughs> uh, contrary to Flip Wilson, some of you are old, he would always say, the devil made me do it. No, no, the devil didn't make Judas do it. Judas, the devil put it into his heart, and Judas chose to betray Jesus. Just this week, I'm talking to a lady in our church, and she says, smiling, I can't believe some of the thoughts that go through my mind. And I said, um, somebody said once, you can't help if a bird lands on your head. But you can help if the bird builds a nest. Right? Uh, listen, we can't help the thoughts that Satan puts in our mind. All kind of thoughts pass through. We can help whether the Satan builds a nest there or not. So listen, the best time to resist a temptation is... Immediately, Uh, immediately, because the longer you think about it, the more likely you are to fail. So the devil tempts Judas, and Judas sins. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, got up from supper, um, and laid aside his garments, and taking a towel, he girded himself. Now, I want you to notice something. Jesus knew who he is. He knew his identity. He was God in the flesh. And Jesus knew why he was here. He knew his mission was to seek and save sinners. And he knew where he was going. He knew his destiny. He was returning to the Father. And because he knew who he is and why he was here and where he was going, he was willing to get up and serve others. And it's really important for us. Uh, I mean, Jesus said, everyone wins when you serve. Listen, if, if we're going to serve, it's going to be because we hang around Jesus and we know who we are. Man, I'm a Christian. I'm a disciple maker. And, and, uh, or I'm a Christian. I'm a disciple. And, and why am I here? I'm here for others. I'm here to make disciples. And where am I going? I'm going to be with Jesus forever. Uh, the more we know who we are and why we're here and where we're going, the more we'll be like Jesus and get up and serve others. Now, I want you to see that Jesus is going to wash their feet, but we need to understand that a little bit. Uh, It would have been a custom if you had someone in your home, it would be a custom if you had someone in your home that when they came into your home, you arranged for them to wash their feet. And you say, why? Well, here's why. Because they would eat lying down. They would recline on their left elbow, and they would have a low table, and they would eat with their right hand, and their feet, they walked in sandals on streets that were dirty and dusty, and can we say, covered in manure. So, if you sat down to eat, it would be a much more pleasant experience if the feet in front of you had been washed, okay? Well, I'm old, I got down, I wonder now if I can get up, (laughs) All right, I got up. Okay, that's okay. Thank you for clapping. I was worried. I did practice at home. I thought, what if I can't get up, okay? So here's what they would do. The the lowest person in the house would wash feet. So if the owner had a servant, the servant would wash the feet. If there wasn't a servant, then children would wash the feet of adults. A wife would wash her husband's feet. A t- disciples would wash a teacher's feet. But never did it go in reverse. Never would a teacher wash the feet of his disciples. So I-, I want you to see the room, okay? That's how things happen. And here's the room, and you look around the room, and there's the water, and there's the towel, and then you see what? <laughs> You see 12 pairs of dirty feet connected to proud hearts, right? And not one of them rises. And then we see Jesus, right? And there's something in us that wants to say, Stop! Stop! No! They should wash your feet! As I watch Jesus rise to wash dirty feet of proud hearts, there's something inside of me that says, Man, if I had been Jesus, (laughs) I would have said, get up and wash my feet. I have served you my whole life, and listen, in a few hours, I'm going to be on the cross bearing your sins, and the least you can do for me is wash my feet. Does it stagger you? A few hours before Jesus would die for their sins and ours, Jesus rises to wash their dirty feet. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Now, you have to understand the world had never seen this. If you're a businessman now, you can go to conferences and they will teach you about servant leadership. You need to know before this moment there was no such thing as servant leadership. The reason you're taught about servant leadership, is that when Jesus was here on earth, he was a servant leader, and he washed the feet. He washed the feet of his disciples, and that's changed marriages and churches and business. What he did, has it changed you? Has it? the, The world had never seen a superior wash the feet of an inferior. The world had never seen the teacher, the teacher washing the feet of his disciples. And that's why Peter can't grasp it. It was so unbelievable what he was watching. So he came to Simon Peter and he said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? I've never seen anything like this. What are you doing? And Jesus answered and said, What I do you do not realize now, but you will understand hereafter. They didn't understand, but when Jesus died and rose... When the Holy Spirit was poured out, remember what Jesus said the Holy Spirit would bring to our remembrance everything that he said the Holy Spirit would teach us? So after the Holy Spirit was poured out, then they understood what Jesus had done for them. Peter said to him, never shall you wash my feet. Don't you love Peter? Speak first, think later. But let me ask you, when you pray, are you giving directions or are you reporting for duty? Is most of your prayer trying to convince Jesus to do what you want him to do? Or is your prayer more, Lord, changing my heart so that I want what you want for me? Never shall you wash my feet. Jesus answered, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Notice what Jesus says, if I don't wash you, you can't have eternal life. If I don't wash you, you can't be a part of my new community. If I don't wash you, then you can't be a disciple maker. Peter said to him, never shall you wash my feet. <laughs> oh man, Peter's so slow to, to, to follow Jesus, isn't he? Uh, never shall you wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, I just said if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Still giving instruction, wash all of me. And Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you were clean, but not all of you. Now, you're saying, what is that? So let's say you're a young man, you lived then, and a young lady invited you to her parents' house for dinner. So before you went to her dinner, what would you do? You would take a bath, right? Because you wanted to get there and smell good, Right? You wanted to be all squeaky clean, so you would take a bath at home. But then when you would walk through dusty streets, by the way you got to her house, what would happen? You would have what? Dirty feet. And so having had a bath, you would then have your feet washed so that dinner would go better. So what Jesus is saying is we need one bath in life. We're only saved once. When we believe in Jesus, we are forgiven of all of our sins, past and present and future, one bath, but many foot washings. As we walk through life, we get dirty feet, don't we? And so we confess our sins and experience the cleansing and forgiveness that's ours. Jesus is saying only one bath, but many foot washings. Now now notice, he said, you're clean, but not all of them, for he knew the one who was betraying him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. To me, one of the most staggering verses in the Bible So when he had washed their feet. Do you picture Jesus going around? He goes to Peter, who that very night, Jesus would say to Peter, Peter, you're going to deny me. And Peter says, never. And what does Jesus do? He washes his feet. He gets to James and John. He gets to James and John, and they've been arguing about who's going to get the best seat in the kingdom, and what does Jesus do? He washes James and John's feet. And then we see what? He comes to Ju- Judas' feet, and he knows he's going to betray him. And Jesus watches Judas' feet. You ever just try and picture that? You know what I picture is Jesus is looking him in the eyes and said, I love you, it's not too late. It's not too late. It's not too late. You don't have to go through with this. And Jesus washed Judas' feet. <laughs> do you know what's even more amazing? He washed my feet, right? And yours too. <laughs> so when he had washed their feet and uh, taken his garments uh, and uh, reclined at the table again, he said, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you were right, for so I am. Uh, I love that, that sometimes people say Jesus never claimed to be Lord. He said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Listen, that would have been the most mind-blowing experience they had ever had, that their master washed their feet, their just. Teacher, They had never seen anything. They had experienced it. And now he says, I want you to go and do the same. For I gave you an example that you should also do as I did to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is the one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. I'm sending you out to do for others what I have done for you. And now the verse behind the point of the message today. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. You see, he said to others, I want you to go and do for others what I've done for you because when you go and meet the needs of others, everyone wins. When you wash other people's feet, their feet will be clean. They'll win, and you'll bring glory to me because you're beginning to act like me. But you will win because you'll be blessed when you serve others. Um, The point this week is very similar to last week. If you were here last week, we learned that everyone wins when you worship. That when you come on Sunday, listen, Jesus wins. You bring glory to him because you choose to be here over every other place you could be. Jesus wins. And when you come on Sunday, you bless the people around you. And when you come, you win because you get to know Jesus better. And he's saying in the same way, when you serve, other people get blessed. Needs are met. Jesus gets glory. And you, you get joy. But if we're going to have a lifestyle of serving others, if we're going to serve others in a way that everyone wins, we need to get two words in the proper order. And it's Savior and example. Savior and example. If we're going to serve others, we need to have Jesus as our Savior first. And then he's our example. Savior and First, an example. I, I talk to a lot of people. Smiley, I don't need a Savior. I'm just going to follow Jesus' example to which I reply, good luck. When you go out and wash the feet of people who betray you, let me know how it goes. Um, when, you, when you love your enemies, tell me how it goes. When, when someone has wronged you 490 times and you've forgiven them every time, tell me how it goes, Okay. You know why Jesus needs to be our Savior before our example? Because we could never follow Him on our own. We need a Savior first and then an example. Remember back in verse 8, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. If He doesn't wash us first, we can't follow Him. Remember verse 10, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet but is completely clean. Unless Jesus washes us, we can't wash the feet of others. Remember uh, verse 14, If I then, the Lord and the teacher, wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Unless Jesus serves us, we can't and won't serve others. Um, And and again, you say, why? Because we have a problem called sin, right? Uh, Romans 3, verse 23. Would you read this with me? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Let's do that one more time. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You ever look around the world? (laughs) Doesn't that verse explain it? That every person on earth has a problem called sin. Uh, And not just other people, it's true of all of us, that every one of us has committed crime after crime against God. Things we've done, things we've said, things we've thought. Uh, And because we've sinned against God, we are dirty. But when the Bible talks about sin, it's not just that we have sinned. We are sinners. That's our nature. So we can't fix ourselves. We can't save ourselves. And the God we've committed crime after crime against is a God who is just, who must punish sin, who can't wink at sin and let us in the back door and say it doesn't matter. So what do we do? We have a problem called sin, We are guilty, we are helpless, and we are in big trouble. Because of that, help had to come from above, and that's exactly who Jesus is and what he came to do. We read in the Bible, "...just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many." See the term son of man? That's right out of uh, Ezekiel and right out of Daniel. It's a messianic term. The Savior came from above. God the Son put on flesh and came to earth. Why? Not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So if you get to know Jesus, his whole life was about serving and giving, wasn't it? He fed the hungry. He healed the sick. He cast out demons. He... um, he taught the multitudes. He ate with sinners. <laughs> he loved his own who were in the world, and he loved them to the end. Come on, it was the last night, and Jesus washed Judas' feet. And then the very next day, he's hanging on a cross. And what's Jesus doing on the cross? Now, while he's bearing our sins, he's still serving, isn't he? He looks out, and he sees what his mother does, doesn't he? And he says, John... Take good care of mom. Mom, don't worry. John's going to take care of you. He's serving on the cross. He leads the thief next to him to saving faith, right? Today you'll be with me in paradise. All the while, he's giving himself as a ransom for many. He's taking our sins upon himself, experiencing the wrath of God that we deserve, and, and then rising on the third day. <laughs> oh, Jesus wants to be our Savior so he can then become our example. And here's what Jesus said. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Uh, If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. Jesus comes, knocks on the door of our heart, and says, I want to move in and give you eternal life. I want to be your Savior and wash all your sins away. Ever been really dirty? And then you got to take a shower and you were clean? Wouldn't you like to be forgiven of all your sins, past, present, and future? Jesus says, I want to be your Savior and forgive you of all your sins. And I want to give you life, life that's abundant, life forever. I want to move into you and do life with you and do eternity with you. But I want you to know, Jesus says, I also want to move in and be Lord of your life. The Christian life isn't about you trying harder. Jesus says the Christian life is, I want to move into you, I want to be Lord of your life, and I want to live my life in and through you. The only way you will ever be a winner and want to serve others like I've served you is when I'm Lord of your life. So how about you? If you've never received Jesus as your Savior and Lord, won't you? Jesus, I want to be clean. I believe you died for me and rose, and I want you to come in and, and forgive me, and give me eternal life, and be my Savior, and I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be, and if you will, he will, and if you have, I want you to hear what it says. I will commend him, and will dine with him, and he with me. When Jesus moves in, he says, let's get this straight, okay? I'm Savior, you're not. I'm Lord, you're not. I lead, you follow. Got it? So what did we read today? What did we read today? We read where he said, You call me teacher and Lord, and you were right, for so I am. That's true of you, right? If you're a Christian, Jesus had moved in, and you say what? Well, you are teacher and Lord. And he says, You call me teacher and Lord, and you were right, for so I am, um, if I then, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet, you also should ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you should also do as I did to you. Jesus is the greatest leader ever. He always goes first. He always goes farthest. He doesn't point us in the direction of service. He says, follow me and I'll show you how. Then I want you to notice He said, if I then in the Lord and the teacher wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Whenever you see that, I want to train you. When you see one another, he's talking about in the church. The Bible calls us to love our neighbor. This isn't it. The Bible calls us to love our enemy." That's not one another. The Bible calls us to love lost people, but when you see the word one another, He's talking about in the church. If we're going to follow Jesus, after we get to know Him, it's important we find a local church and we love one another. Matter of fact, this year, this year, uh, we've been learning how Jesus invites us on a disciple-making adventure. Jesus says. Um, Uh, His last command was to go and make disciples of all the nations, to to go and make disciples who make disciples who make disciples until the world is one. And so we've asked the question, well, what is a disciple? A disciple is a follower of Jesus. Well, what does it look like when someone follows Jesus? (laughs) And we said there's three great loves. We love Jesus, right? How's your love for Jesus? Secondly, we love one another. How's your love for one another? And thirdly, we love the lost. The first three or four months of this year, we've been looking at what it looks like to love Jesus, about spending time with Jesus and obeying Jesus. And we're turning a corner now. Now we're going to start focusing in on what does it mean to love one another? What does it look like? And here's where Jesus teaches us that when he has served us, he wants us to begin to serve one another the way he has served us. And then, and then verse 17 this is so good, if you know me, if you know these things, you will be blessed if you, what? Do them. Why does Jesus want us to serve? He says, because you will be blessed. You know what will absolutely change our lives? When we believe this verse, that we are blessed when we serve others, that everyone wins when we serve others. Matter of fact, I love the way the King James Version puts it. Uh, look at how the King James Version puts this verse, If ye know these things, what? Happy are ye if you do them. What if we believed, Jesus, that the way for us to find joy, the way for us to be happy in life was to serve other people the way Jesus served us? Wouldn't that change everything? And that's what Jesus means. Everyone wins When you serve, that when you serve others, listen, others are blessed and Jesus gets glory and you get joy. To which some of you would say, well, Smiley, why don't we wash feet? And I would say two reasons. One is our roads are paved. And secondly, we wear shoes. That when Jesus washed the disciples' feet, it wasn't a ceremony. Their feet were dirty. And he met real needs. And what Jesus wants us to do is to meet the real needs of one another. And that's why, and good news, to, to do that, the, the most important thing you can do is to get involved in a small group, in a circle of 10. And, uh, and why do we have small group circles of 10? First of all, for disciple making. We want to help each other become disciples. And And then secondly, we want to experience a gospel transformation. We want people to be transformed. But we also do it for member care. The most of the opportunities we have in our church to serve one another are by being in a small group with one another, finding out the needs of people, and then meeting them. Instead of being overwhelmed by all the needs in the whole church, get involved in a circle of ten and meet the needs of those. So that... When someone in your small group goes in the hospital, you know them, you love them, and when you visit them, and when you visit the person in your small group in the hospital, everyone wins. That person will experience the love of Christ through you. They'll be encouraged, and I guarantee you, when you lose, this is what will happen to you. You'll be leaving thinking, I went there to encourage them. But they encouraged me. I think I got more out of this than they did. And that's exactly what Jesus says, right? You'll be blessed when you serve others. Try it and see. So the person is blessed, and you're blessed, and Jesus gets glory too. When all the people in the small group start visiting someone in the hospital, the people in the hospital start asking what? Who are these people? And isn't that what Jesus says a little bit later, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. See, I've shown you how. I've shown you how. I've washed your feet so you can wash one another's feet. That you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples. If you have love for one another, when your small group visits someone in the hospital, the people in the hospital see and they say, why? Well, I'm a part of a small group. Well, what's a small group? It's a group of people who've been loved by Jesus, who love one another. Do you have a group like that? And listen, when someone in your small group has a baby, when someone has a baby, take them a meal. And when you take them a meal and you know how to cook, you'll bless them. If you don't know how to cook, stop by a store and buy something and take it to them. And listen, when you take it, they'll be blessed. And I guarantee you, when you leave, you're going to say, wow, I went to serve them, but but I got more out of this than they did. And you know who else wins? Jesus does. Because when people after people in a small group show up and bring someone meals, after a while, what happens? The neighbors say what? Who are those people? They're from my small group. Well, why would they bring you a meal? Because Jesus has loved us, and he wants us to love one another the way he's loved us. So... Jesus wants us to to serve one another. The best place to do that is in a small group, in a circle of ten. And when we do, everyone wins. But there's certainly opportunities when we gather on Sunday as well to to serve, aren't they? We explored them a little bit last week. We'll, We'll do it again. When we gather on Sunday mornings, there are opportunities to serve. And when we serve, everyone wins. There are formal and informal ways to serve. I mean, formal that there are opportunities for you to serve. Uh, You could could be a part of our parking team, and and, and you could help park cars. And when you do, everyone wins. You help others win. Our guests find a a place to park. And and listen, Jesus gets glory because we're welcoming people, and you get joy. Because you get a sweet vest, right? A sweet orange vest. (laughs) And, and, And you get the joy of serving others because Jesus said, if you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Or there's opportunities for you to serve and, and to lead in kids' ministry. And, and, and listen, when you're, when you're serving in kids' ministry and you're watching a baby, you bless a single mother who gets to come and hear the gospel. She wins. You, you get to watch a child and, and a couple who don't know Christ have a chance to come and hear the gospel and come to know Him. They win, and the baby wins, and you win because you get the joy of watching a child for an hour and then giving them back to the parents, right? (laughs) But do you realize what? That Jesus wins too, because Jesus loves children, doesn't he? And what did he say? What? Permit the children to come to me, and don't hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Oh, oh, if we believed. Oh, if we believed what Jesus said. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Everyone wins when you serve. Everyone wins when you serve. So I want to encourage you, the action step this week is to keep serving, to keep serving. Some of you say, well, Smiley, I haven't started. Well, don't tell us, just get going and keep serving and keep serving. Uh Uh And you say, well, how do we do that? Well, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Uh, I always love to, to go a little bit ahead of you so I can go ahead of you and share with you what my week was like. And So to me, as I thought about keeping on serving, it's really about two invitations from Jesus to come and see him, And then to follow me, isn't it? So every day this week when I got up, I hear Jesus saying, come and see, come and see. And and you know what happened? I opened the word and I saw Jesus. Just like we get today, right? And here's what I saw. He loved his own who were in the world and he loved them to the end. And I said, I want to live like that. Don't you? And then I saw Jesus get up, get up and wash the feet of his disciples. And and inside me, I said, "What I want to do that, don't you? (laughs) I saw Jesus on the cross serving his mother while he's pouring out his blood for us. And I said, I want to be like that, don't you? And then Jesus said, follow me, follow me and I'll show you how. This week I've been following Jesus. And you know what Jesus said? There are dirty feet everywhere. Have you noticed that? There's dirty feet in our small group, isn't there? There's dirty feet on Sunday mornings, isn't there? There's dirty feet in our family, aren't there? There's dirty feet in our community. There are opportunities for us to win everywhere. There are opportunities for us to experience joy everywhere. And then when I'm a little reluctant, Jesus says, go ahead, go ahead, remember, Remember, everyone wins. Everyone wins when you serve. Everyone wins when you serve. Go ahead. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. And I found that to be so true, and you will too, that when I serve others, do you know what? I bless them. And I bring glory to Jesus. Now, I have to let you know, I've set the bar really low in life, so a little bit of service for me goes a long way, okay? Okay? But listen, when I serve, it it blesses others, brings glory to Jesus, and I want you to know I am having the time of my life because Jesus said, everyone wins when you serve. And so this week, I would plead with you to join me. Join me. There are dirty feet everywhere. You can be a winner every day of your life because Jesus said, everyone wins when you serve. Want to know something that will change your life? If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Let's pray. Jesus, we are so glad that you came not to be served, but to serve and to give your life a ransom for many. Thank you for giving your life for us. Thank you for offering to give us a bath and to give us eternal life. And listen, if you've never had a bath, if you've never received Jesus as your Savior and Lord, won't you? (laughs) Won't you tell him, Jesus, I've sinned against you and, and I'm sorry. And I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And I want you to come into my life and be my Savior. And forgive me of all my sins and give me the gift of eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life, and from this day forward, as you give me strength, I will follow you all the days of my life. Oh, if you've received him for the first time, won't you mark it on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you. Lord, for all of us who've been given a bath and cleaned, Lord, we pray this day that you would wash our feet, that you would wash our feet. And as you serve us, that we would go out this week. We would go out and in our small group and in our church and in our home and and in our community that when we see dirty feet, that we would serve others the way you have served us. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.